Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Happy day before Friday. Happy Thursday to you and yours. Uh, we have an awesome show uh, planned for you today. Before I get into it, I want to tell you Uncle Jimmy is, is doing better. I, I think we're going to be efforting to have Uncle Jimmy back on Monday. Um, he's wrapping up a little medical procedure. Um, you know, these penile enlargement surgeries can go either direction. You just never know. And so keep Uncle Jimmy uh, in your prayers as he goes through that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get killed for that. Jimmy, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I have an awesome show planned for you. Uh, Steve Kim and Shamika Michelle uh, will be here to help me talk about a topic I'm going to go deep on uh, today. Michelle Tafoya. Did you guys see that? Uh, she's left Sunday Night Football. I, I, I'm, I'm going to start a fire and then we'll go out to Steve Kim and we'll go in-depth on Mich Michelle Tafoya. I'm not even going to tell you about the rest of the show, but the rest of the show will get even better. Uh, and, and so I, I don't even want to spoil it. Just this will be an awesome show. So uh, go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock, hit that subscription, hit the likes, leave a comment. I need 3,000 likes. I need you to go out, you, those of you in the Fearless Army, to go out and recruit and get additional subscribers to our channel. I need those of you on Apple to hit that five-star review and leave me a message. Leave me a review of the show. I read them all. Put your name in there. I may even call you out on the show. I may even read your review. So do all that and more. Uh, happy Thursday. Let's get this party started. Uh, Michelle Tafoya, she quit America's number one TV show to help a black man win the governor's office in Minnesota. She'll soon be castigated as racist, misguided, and stupid. That's the state of this country's corporate and social media-led racial discourse. The cost of choosing the wrong political team is your public reputation. Tafoya's new boss, Kendall Qualls, is a Republican. And despite his black skin, black wife, and black children, Qualls is just another black face of white supremacy. And wait for it. That makes Tafoya a proud girl and a potential insurrectionist. Tafoya exited NBC's Football Night in America, where she served for 11 years as its sideline reporter, so she could comfortably express her political views, co-chair Qualls' bid for governor, and fight the leftists rolling back this nation's racial progress. Take a look at this clip of Tafoya last night on Tucker Carlson's show. And no, NBC did not encourage this. They did not force this. This has been on my mind. I've been waking up every day with a palpable pull at my gut that uh, my side, my view, my, my middle ground kind of moderate viewpoint is not being represented. Yeah. to the rest of the world, I didn't feel. And, um, and so rather than, you know, just banging it out on Twitter or Instagram every day, I thought, I've got to do something. I have benefited greatly from the American dream. And I feel like for the sake of my kids and because I so love this country, I've got to start giving back. We all need to start giving back. Too many of us have taken the spoils of American exceptionalism for granted. We have failed to protect the progress won by Dr. Martin Luther King's generation. We've ignored President Kennedy's plea to ponder what we can do for our country. We've become entitled. We assume the racial discord festering in our society will just go away. It won't. Racial division is the primary power retention strategy of the Democratic Party, big tech, and media elites. Tafoya walked away from a seven-figure job to join the fight to save America. On his campaign webpage, Qualls attacks the way Minnesota politicians handled the George Floyd aftermath, the defund the police movement, and the left's race-based strategy. Uh, on his site, quote, Americans are tired of being bullied by the left and exhausted by constant accusations of systemic racism. In fact, 
This is the least racist period in our country's history. My parents and grandparents would have loved to have grown up in, Amer in the America I grew up in. We are not going to be the generation that lost America. We're going to be the generation that saved it, restored it, and passed it on to the next generation. Mm. Michelle Tafoya has joined something really big. She's bo her bold move is one of the most courageous acts I've ever seen from a high-profile celebrity. Let me repeat, she quit America's most popular TV show to join a fight that will put her in the crosshairs of a global political movement that annihilates the reputations of its adversaries. Here's another clip from Tafoya. Check it out. I don't care if I'm attacked. Um, I really am not afraid of that. And I guess I feel like so many people now are afraid. Yeah. And I'm not. Um, listen, I know there are repercussions for whatever I choose to say. Uh, I, and I've talked to my kids' school about it. You know, please don't hold this against my kids. I'm speaking for me. I'm speaking for my family. But please don't hold this against my kids. But this is what I really believe. I think I speak for a lot of people, like you said, Tucker. And a lot of these people, my friends, are afraid to repost things that I've posted or, uh, you know, get into political conversations. They are and they've said it, I'm afraid. I don't want to get in these arguments with my friends, with my boss, with my colleagues. This is the most terrifying thing in the world to me right now, that people are afraid to talk. The attacks on Tafoya started last night. Without a hint of irony or self-awareness, former ESPN host Jamel Hill tweeted, imagine having a high profile, I'm sorry, imagine leaving a high profile job over a made up issue. Does, Mich does Michelle Tafoya even know what CRT is? Does she have kids in school being taught CRT? Can she provide any examples? End quote. Imagine being so clueless that you, Jamel Hill, can't recognize Tafoya tapped into the same energy, emotion, and feeling that caused you, Jamel Hill, to leave ESPN to join Donald Trump resistance. Hill has no idea that many people, black and white, believe framing Trump as a Hitler-like racist is a made-up issue. Hill has never been much of a journalist or a reporter, but Tafoya stated her critical race theory case during a controversial interview on The View a month or two ago, and she repeated her case on Tucker Carlson Wednesday night. Tafoya has kids in school who are being segregated and driven away from each other based on racial differences. She said on Tucker Carlson, it breaks my heart that my kids are being taught that skin color matters. In an exchange with Whoopi Goldberg on The View, Tafoya spelled out, shared this story about what was going on with her kids. Look for yourself. <laughs> My kids in school, there is a big, big focus on the color of your skin. How and old my are children's. your children? My children are now uh, 16 and 13. Okay, in what it's, way? It's been going on since they were in lower school, mm -hmm. all right? And it is that there are affinity groups on campus for... Mm -hmm. my, my, my son's first best friend was a little African-American boy. They were in separable. Mm -hmm. Get to a certain age, they start having what's called an affinity group, which means you go for lunch and pizza with people who look like you. Suddenly, my son wasn't hanging out with him anymore. His next best friend was a little Korean boy. Years, inseparable. He started going to his affinity groups. Why are we even teaching that the color of the skin matters? Because to me, what matters is your character and your values. Yes, but you know, you live in the United States. You know that color of skin has been mattering to people. Can't for, we for change years. it that it well, doesn't? Well, we, we need white people to step up and do that. But I think that we, they've been doing that since the Civil War, and no, I'm not saying no, it's perfect. No, 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 I'm sorry, Whoopi Goldberg is now some sort of history expert and knows everything about what white people are or aren't doing, what they have or haven't been doing. Cut Michelle Tafoya off. She's tr trying to, it's a two-way street. Trying to act like racial reconciliation 
is all on one group because of what their ancestors did 150 years ago is stupid. Getting along, integrating, it's a two-way street. Both cars have to be driving towards each other. If one car is driving away from each other, the other person and the other person's trying to catch up and they're saying, nope, not gonna do it. Not unless you drop to your knees, kiss my ass and give me money. You don't have to agree with Tavoya's point of view, but anyone with a modicum of intelligence and honesty can make sense of her rationale and acknowledge the courage of what she's doing. Jamel Hill called President Trump a racist. Her comment did not jeopardize her reputation. She didn't say anything remotely original. She was mostly celebrated for saying it. She's been offered jobs and speaking engagements for unleashing an ad hominem attack against the president. Hill gets mean tweets for being a Trump critic. Tafoya must worry about how her kids will be treated at school. There's a huge difference between Jamel Hill and Michelle Tafoya. One is an opportunist, the other is a patriot. One wants to promote racial division, the other wants to promote racial progress. Michelle Tafoya is fearless. Her obvious courage will be ridiculed, her reputation smeared. She's a one-woman freedom convoy. Are you, man or woman enough, to join her? That's my fire, Michelle Tafoya. And you, know, I, I know Michelle a little bit because you know we've covered a lot of football games and Super Bowls over the years. I don't know her well. I've always liked her. I did not know her politics. I just liked her spirit. I always thought she was very professional. I thought she was the best sideline reporter working in the NFL. She's there because of her competence an attractive woman, but she was not there to be a sideline Barbie. She actually, you know, did her job at a high, a high level, at a high level. Nothing but respect for uh, Michelle Tafoya. And I knew until these past month or two, I knew nothing about her politics. I just knew I kind of liked her, liked the way she handled her job. My, my respect for her now through the roof. She has shown a pair in a major way. You hear her talk on Tucker's show talking about how she knows there's gonna be repercussions, she's not afraid, and her, her voice cracked. She knows exactly what she's stepping into. She knows the kind of heat that she's gonna catch. And hats off to her and hats off to Kendall Qualls and for her jumping on his team and trying to help this man, and it will be amazing the pretzel that the left and the media bend themselves into to try to cast this woman as some kind of white supremacist for trying to help a black man become governor of the state of Minnesota. But they'll do it, they'll pull it off. Kendall Qualls is a Republican and isn't buying in to this racist narrative uh, that the corporate media and social media are trying to promote. So he, he, he's, <laughs> the black face of white supremacy. And Michelle Tavoya will be a proud girl very shortly. All right, uh, I want to bring in the Korean Cosell because one, I think he'll have some thoughts on this having gone, uh, you know, being Korean, gone to, a, I think, a predominantly Mexican high school. Uh, and, you know, Cosell, uh, <laughs> Cosell, Kim, uh, follows the sports media world. Steve, we'll start here. Uh, I think this is one of the most courageous acts I've seen a high-profile celebrity make in, whew, uh, you know, I'm, I guess Kyrie Irving uh, and the vaccine deal was pretty courageous, but th this to me tops that by a mile. Uh, this, you know, and, and just keep in mind, I know it's football and people don't think of it, but Football Night in America is just a TV show, and it's the number one TV show in America yep. by a mile. She just walked away from a seven-figure job, and she's going to take slings and arrows for the rest of her life. Do you agree with me? This is one of the most high, uh, courageous things you've seen from a high-profile celebrity. I, I just want to give Michelle Tafoya 
Slow 80s clap. Slow 80s clap. I mean, she went from the sideline to the battlefield because she understood one thing about the climate of today's media and politics, that if you are on a particular side, you cannot be in the profession that you are in. And for her, for her to fully express herself, she had to make the decision to cast herself free and say, you know what? I got to delve all the way into it. I always believed that Michelle Tafoya, who was a highly competent broadcaster, a consummate professional. Now I know that she has an unbelievable amount of courage, and that's what it takes. Jason, in terms of your fire starter, great job. Let me push back a little bit on the comparison to Jamel Hill making the choice in her own way. Jamel didn't make the choice. Let, let's be honest. That sports center she did with Michael Smith, the sixth, that thing was such a train wreck, Amtrak wouldn't have sponsored it for free. She had no choice. She wrecked her career and Michael Smith to a large degree that she had to swerve off this way. Michelle Tafoya was on top of her game. She was so highly thought of at NBC, she could have retired with that gig making seven figures, but she decided, you know what? I got to stand up for some values and some principles, and I'm going to be open and honest about it. And I realize I may never go back there, but you know what? I'm going to live my life, and I am going to have some uh-huh, guts. Hats off. Listen, I, I, I think Jamel Hill knew exactly what she was doing when she went after Trump. I think she knew she wanted out at ESPN. I think she, she had said in an interview uh, before she was ever pushed out that, you know, she's in this time of basically a racial upheaval. It's hard for her to even think about sports or want to talk about sports. Th that's what's so mind blowing to me is that Jamel doesn't have a modicum of self-awareness to realize, even if she disagrees with Michelle Tafoya, Michelle Tafoya is just on the other side of the political spectrum, but she's making the exact same decision. Yes, she's making it a bit more courageously. Again, she's on the number one TV show in America. She's doing a great job. She's in great standing at, MSM, at, at NBC. And Jamel is on a failing show and not in good standing, but they both reached a point where they said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. There's a bigger fight I wanna get involved in. And that's a decision that they made. How Jamel can be so asleep at the wheel that she can't at least just recognize that, that this is a woman standing on conviction, a person standing on conviction and making a very bold decision to leave a cushy, high-priced job to get into the biggest, dirtiest, nastiest fight America has going. You know, I, I'm not surprised because I've, I, Jamel Hill's intellect has never impressed me, ever, uh, without uh, affirmative action and diversity, inclusion, and equity. You know, she, she's, she's the bearded lady. Oh, this is the woman that writes sports. That's her claim to fame. Uh, her, her tweet about Trump is her most important piece of content she's ever put out. <clears throat> That's embarrassing for a journalist. Jason, what I found interesting about Jamel Hill saying, does Michelle Tafoya have kids that know about CRT? Uh, Ms. Hill? Michelle literally went on a national show and talked about the effect that CRT has on her own kids who have been through the school system for many years. Um, I believe that Jamel just recently got married a couple of years ago. The question is, Ms. Hill, do you have kids that know the impact of CRT? Uh, you want to talk about a lack of self-awareness. That's the part that really had me chuckling in a sense that, Jamel, you actually have not had kids that have gone through the school system and had the mental impact of what this can do. Look, you don't have to agree with Michelle Tafoya. You really don't. You're allowed to disagree. You're allowed to have disagreements. But what Michelle Tafoya understood is that in corporate legacy media today, or the mainstream media, you're allowed to state your opinion politically and from a social standpoint if it's on one side of the fence. If it's on the other, you're simply not allowed to. She made the gutsy decision to say, you know what, I'm going to put my name on this. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to whisper. I'm not going to have private conversations. 
I'm going to put my name and values on the line, whether you agree or disagree, and we're going to do this. And I think it takes an incredible amount of guts because I know what she went through to a certain degree with during my time at ESPN. Maybe she had enough money that she could say, you know what, I could live off this the rest of my life. But still, being a public figure, and I already see some of the things going on at Twitter. I actually saw one tweet, and I don't know from who. It was a retweet from one of my followers. It said, I can't believe she's taken this stance where she worked in a league that's 70% black. Hey, buddy, what's that got to do with the price of tea in China? Because at the end of the day, guess what? Well, America's still a majority white for now. That has nothing to do with it. So, look, I give Michelle Tafoya a lot of credit. And, yeah, looking at that picture of Qualls, boy, that is just the portrait of white supremacy. You have a married couple (laughs) with kids, and people are smiling. Oh! Oh. (laughs) They're happy to be in this country. I mean, jeez. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go back to Senegal if you don't want to, if you want to. Just saying. Just saying. Peace. Or Kenya. Look, whatever. <laughs> that, that, that tweet you're talking about, I think, said she, she worked in a league that was 70% black but had zero black owners. And, and this, this whole thing of unless there's a token black person or a quota number of black people at every level of every profession, then you're racist. This just defies logic. I mean, when are these people go, when are they gonna go look at the ownership of the television networks here in America? Uh, and and the, the upper management leading these television networks? Again, and and meet and from the New York Times and take TV out of it. Just these media platforms. Who owns them? Who who's running them? Uh, do they have some middle management that's black? Yes. But this standard that we're trying to hold the NFL to uh, is, is ridiculous. I, I don't want to get too far uh, uh, away from Michelle Tafoya. But, but the thing I, I, I love about Michelle Tafoya, and, and this is something I think you can speak to having recently worked at ESPN, I'd, she's alone in taking this bold step, but I think her thoughts are in line with the overwhelming majority of people working in corporate media at from NBC to ESPN to CBS, all. I think most people think that way in terms of like, hey man, we, we've gone off course and shoving this race thing down everybody's throat. We've gone off course, but most people just go along to get along and they're not going to be as courageous. And look, like you said, she's made a lot of money. Uh, maybe her husband does well. I, I, I'm not, and maybe other people aren't in position to do that, but. Steve, it's my impression that a lot of people in the media agree with what she said and what she's doing. Absolutely, but they can't state it publicly. Look, I've gotten a lot of tweets, a lot of messages, and a lot of people tell me, whispering in private, hey, Steve, I love what you do with uh, Jason Whitlock on Fearless. I wouldn't ask them to tweet it because I get it. They, they don't have the guts. They don't want to risk their jobs. They don't want the heat. And if you go back about a week or two ago, Project Veritas ran a video where ESPN employees in the background were saying, this is ridiculous, the atmosphere and the environment that we're in. But what can they really do about it? You know, look, let me just give you a story. I think I've told this before, but I remember one time I happened to retweet something from Thomas Sowell talking about how activism is really empty gestures from empty people. Literally within five minutes, one of my editors was instructed to tell me, get that out of there. The, the tweet didn't say shut up and dribble. It didn't say all lives matter. It basically said, what is real activism and who is really doing it and what is the impact? And I, so I had an exchange with this editor and I said, well, wait a minute. Um, what did it really say? Editor said, well, you know, it's kind of a simplistic view on a very, very complex subject. And I said, okay, that's true. But what if it was a tweet supporting the activism? Would you be telling me to take it down? Never got a response, Jason. Never got a response. Literally, what he should have said, look, Twitter is for 
simplistic views on yeah. complex issues. That's the purpose of Twitter. That's all anything is. He's basically yeah. don't tweet unless you're tweeting something that agrees with the left. Mm-hmm. Steve, uh, good job. Thank you. Uh, Jay, uh, I got to move can on. I make, yeah. Can I make one last point? Do we have yeah. time? Um, I want to talk about is, this. Is later, it about but- Michelle Tafoya? Uh, no, it's something else that we miss, and I think we need to take a lashing for it like we are shoplifting in Indonesia. I want to get to this be later. Be quick, our but top, don't hurry. All right, be real quick. In our top five players, we didn't even mention Deion Sanders. From 91 to 96, he's the most dominant player in the game. He literally shifted the whole NFL. The fact we did not mention him is shameful, and I want to apologize. Also, this great shirt, if you use promo code K9Kim on the Blaze website, you get 0% off but you still get a great T-shirt. Check it out, folks. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. Uh, I'm not going to apologize. If I was doing a list of greatest NFL players, Dion would be in contention for my top five. No question about it. We were doing the best, and, and, and Dion in contention oh. there, but I, I don't feel the need to apologize. He didn't tackle enough, oh. in my opinion. Not oh. that he was a horrible tackler, but but I'm just sorry, Jason. I, I'm not going to apologize for it. If it was greatest, I would have a different discussion. Making, but I'm not apologizing. He was making business decisions, and I'll make this quick. That is like penalizing Barry Bonds for not laying down sacrifice bunts. He ain't there for that, Jason. But anyway, I'll I'll lay back. We got time. I, I'll lay back. I'll back. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. All right, let me tell you about CB Distillery. Does CBD work? Over 90% of doctors said their patients have used CBD to treat health, a health condition. That speaks volumes about how safe and effective CBD can be. And your new headquarters for CBD products is cbdistillery.com. With over 2 million customers, they are the source that I trust. Some benefits of using CBD are it helps the body recover after physical activity. It improves the quality of your sleep. And it can also provide you with a little peace and calm during your busy day. I can certainly attest after my workouts, CBD oils does help me out. If you haven't discovered the power of CBD, you're missing out. Go to cbdistillery.com. You can order online with no prescription required and enter fearless for 20% off. Again, enter fearless for 20% off at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. That's cbdistillery.com. Shamika Michelle. All right, welcome back. I think Shamika has the best intro music, certainly has the best intro pictures. Uh, Shamika Michelle uh, joining us. Shamika, you just heard me and Steve Kim uh, talking about Michelle Tafoya and, and a little bit of comparing Michelle Tafoya to Jamel Hill. I, 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 you know, I wanted to get a woman's take. I wanted to be diverse and inclusive and bring a woman onto the show to talk about this. And so I thought. And I'm black. Yeah, and you're black. Let's bring, yeah, let's bring on Shamika. Shamika, do you have any thoughts on this topic? You know, I honor her for a few reasons. The first one being that she did what real women with children do, and that is be a mother above all other things. When you feel like your children are not being treated right, and you know that you may have a career that keeps you from actually nurturing them or seeing them nurtured and raised the way you want them to to be, you do something about it. So I honor her in walking away from what people say is, you know, a high price job or, you know, she had all of this visibility. She knows that she has the ability to hold the attention of people and she's going to use it in a way that she feels like is going to better serve her first and her children, her family. So I honor her for that. My second reason for honoring her is that she's taking her activism where it's acceptable. A lot of them stay in these jobs and try to do both at the same time. She knew that on the sideline, being a reporter was not where she should really be taking up this fight. And I appreciate that. That's one of the things that irritated me about Colin Kaepernick. It wasn't so much that, you know, he was trying to stand up for police brutality. 
It was that he was hired to play football. I felt like that would be just like, you know, me being hired at Burger King to make Whoppers. And I decide, well, no, I know that that's what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to stay out in the lobby and preach to the customers. No, I better get back there and drop some fries and flame broil some burgers. So I appreciate her stepping away from her her job to do something different where her voice could be heard in a different capacity. So I really honor her for that. Samika, you've made two excellent points. I'm sitting here halfway embarrassed that I didn't make them, particularly the second point about like, hey, you want to get involved in political activity, you want to be a voice from that. She just walked away from millions of dollars and, and probably a new contract that would have let her go on for another five years and make a bunch more money. She put her money where her mouth is. And, and you're right, that is more impressive and authentic than what Colin Kaepernick did, who started kneeling and saying all the oppression and blah, and he continued on for an entire season, then pretended uh, like he wanted a, another job back in the NFL. He's calling the NFL racist and a slave plantation, but he wants on the racist slave plantation. It never made any sense to me what she's doing. And this, for me, it makes a lot of sense, but whether, and I agree with it, but whether you agree or disagree with it, at least you can say that the logic is consistent, the actions are consistent, and, and <clears throat> I, I, do, I think the other points you made in terms of like, if I'm a parent and my kids are, are being preached to in classrooms that they're oppressors and that their race makes them a bad person, I, I'm livid. I, I, I'm just absolutely livid and I can't, I, I can't blame her or any other white parent saying, hey man, that's not what this is about. That's not what I signed up for. That's not what the whole civil rights movement and people that you know felt like they bought in to Dr. King's dream. And, and that's what I think I'm hearing from Michelle Tafoya and I hear from other people. It's like, hey man, let's say my parents had some reservations about Dr. King's dream and, and they were skeptical of it and didn't want to be involved. But I bought into it and thought we we're all going this direction of trying to get along and trying to move past color. And now here's a group of people that want us, it's like on a dime, let's do a 180 and go the complete opposite direction. I don't blame them for being upset, confused, and feeling betrayed. Definitely. And parenting for me is a higher calling than any type of career you could ever have. What I also honor her for is when she said that she has this palpable pull at her gut. To me, when you feel like you have a higher call from God, the universe, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say, that even surpasses any other thing. There have been plenty of times when I have felt that I have this pushing in my back to say a particular thing or to do a particular thing. Not only is that pushing, pushing me to say it, it's holding me up. It's what I hear when I, I feel like I may be afraid and it says have not I commanded thee be not afraid be neither thou dismayed that goes beyond anything and I know that you understand it Jason as so many of the rest of us that are on fearless sometimes you stand alone but when you have that call you understand that you may be ridiculed by family you understand that your friends may walk away you don't care about the negative feedback that you receive because you are answering that higher call and that gives you the strength to ask the question if God be for me who can be against me but not only does it give you the strength to ask that question it gives you the guts to answer it which is absolutely no one so I applaud her for going forth and doing what she believed is a is her call her purpose and answering that because we understand 
understand to obey is better than sacrifice. I don't know if I should touch that because you said that so well, but, but I am just going to add this little piece. You know, a year and a half ago when I left Fox Sports and, and turned down a contract that was, you know, worth millions of dollars, people thought I was crazy, what are you doing? And I really was stepping out on faith because I felt like there was a calling being placed mm -hmm. on me. And there were things that on, in corporate media I could not say. You can't comfortably talk about Jesus on corporate media platforms, uh, not comfortably and, and right. not fully, not with a full throat. And so, and, and so I made a decision that people have not understood, may never understand. Uh, but I don't care. It's, it's what I needed to do to sleep at night. And so hats off to Michelle Tafoya. I'm sorry, you got a final comment? Well, I was just going to say, you know, what people have to understand is that when God speaks to you, he doesn't go to everybody else and say, hey, I, I, I I gave her some instructions so things might look a little different, you know, and go to the next person. Hey, I gave her instructions. No, nor do you care. When you have a word, you stand on that and you know it doesn't matter if anybody else got those instructions or if they got a heads up that that's what, you know, you were going to do. That doesn't matter at all. I also, when I knew that I had a word outside of the church, I was working at a school at the time and that's when I started my blog and I remember going to the principal and because I would say a lot of controversial things you know or had a lot of controversial writings and I told the principal listen I understand that this could bring a lot of heat to the school I said but don't worry I won't be here long and that was the only conversation with that I had with him in reference to what I felt like I was going to do next the next conversation was, this is my two-week notice. I knew that this school, that's going to be here. What I feel like I'm being called to do is way more important. So when you have that, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. So Jamel Hill, they can complain about Michelle. It's not going to affect her if she really wants to obey that call. And like you said, you understand you've had to walk away from that. And that's all that matters. Uh, Shamika, are you trying to strip Delano of his title as the smartest person on the show? <laughs> is, is that your Absolutely end game Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, all right, because you're trying to do that. Uh, but I'm going to let you go. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right, great job, Shamika. Uh, if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that you have to take control of your own health. It's clear that you can't simply rely on the government or big pharma to protect you or your family. That's where Z-Stack comes in. Z-Stack is a specifically formulated immune-boosting supplement that includes zinc, curacetin, vitamin C, and vitamin D, formulated by Dr. Vladimir Zelenko the world-renowned doctor that President Trump credited with his successful early treatment protocol and his decision to take hydroxychloroquine, ZStack has been scientifically formulated, is kosher and GMP certified, and is produced right here in the good old US of A. Now more than ever, you have to take control of your health and your family's health. ZStack is formulated to help combat any and all variants as well as the flu. Stay ahead of any potential future variants by preparing your immune system. Go to zstacklife.com fearless and enter the promo code fearless to get a discount off your first order. That's zstacklife.com fearless and the promo code fearless. I want to make this personal appeal. This is personal with me. Dr. Zelenko helped me out when I had uh, the COVID variant. Uh, what, what's the last one they had? Omicron personally helped me out. I take Z-Stack virtually every day. Uh, Dr. Zelenko stood in the gap and helped me out uh, with, with uh, Omicron and, and the coronavirus. This is someone, everybody in the Fearless Army, not just support because he's a supporter of ours, but it's the right thing to do for your health. Take control of your health, support someone who has come up with a product 
that helps you and he believes in the same things that we do here in the Fearless Army, you guys need to go to zstacklife.com and use the promo code FEARLESS. All right, don't go anywhere. We got more after this. We must exist in a state of man glorious as we are protected by the red, the white, and the blue. But remember, the mind is the key. The fearless soldier pledges to place God first and foremost in his everyday endeavors of life. We, the fearless army, are one nation under God, indivisible with freedom and a belief in the American dream. The men bold enough to join our movement comprise what we like to call the new dream team. We are leaders of our families, our churches, and of this nation. We reject the seeds of division that are planted by corporate media misinformation. We affirm that all men are created equal and are endowed with inalienable rights, which are granted by our Heavenly Father. We are bound by honor to accept God's challenge, to take the flag and lead, to cherish, to protect, and to nurture the life of our unborn seed. I am a fearless soldier, so shed no tears for me. I am not a victim. I am the man that God made me to be. Amen. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're joined by a very special guest. Kendall Qualls is here. He's running for governor in Minnesota, served in the U.S. Army, worked in sales and marketing in the healthcare industry, uh, founded Take Charge Minnesota. Uh, he's married with kids. And as it relates to the conversation we've been having today, he's Michelle Tafoya's new boss. Uh, he, Michelle is leaving the sports broadcasting world to be the co-chair of Kendall's run for governor of Minnesota. Uh, Kendall, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, walk us through a little bit how you and Michelle connected. Well, as you know, Michelle is a native here of our great state of Minnesota. And uh, I've been a fan for a long time. And, you know, our values sink. You know, you think about uh, my background as uh, coming from nothing, literally, the uh, streets of Harlem and then later in a uh, trailer park in Oklahoma. And just like a lot of people worked hard, got this, went to school and uh, experienced the American dream. Just, and not and not ashamed to admit it. Uh, it just really resonated with her personally, and we got to know each other even more, and and uh, respected each other from from that perspective. Well, I think she's already paying great dividends for you. I think her move from NBC Sports and the number one television show in America to work on your campaign is quite an endorsement and I'm sure has added some energy and attention uh, to, to your campaign to be governor of Minnesota. Well, you know, it's surely needed. There's uh, the, what's been happening in our state for the last two and a half, three years. It's not who we are. And so, you know, Michelle brings a lot of good energy to and, and attention to a campaign that's rooted in everything we believe in, believe in about our country. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh, again, starting from my background of what, where I grew up, served our country uh, as an army officer, earned three degrees and even even a graduate degree from the uh, University of Michigan. The system works, and and we have in our in our state, Ilhan Omar, Keith Ellison, where the riot and the looting and all of that started and spread across the country, and we have a weak governor that allowed that to happen. We have two years of horrific crime that we've never had before. It's time for leaders to step out of the shadows and uh, take charge, and that's what I've done. Well, and I want to get to that because I went to your website and started reading up on you and like, man, you're putting it out there. This show is called Fearless. We're always looking for fearless soldiers, and you certainly uh, seem quite fearless. But for right now, I just want to stick to Michelle a little bit more in terms of her fearlessness 
in terms of walking away from such a high profile job and a job that paid her a lot of money to get involved in the political arena. And then yesterday on, on Tucker Carlson show and the, the stuff she said previously on The View, you and her align a lot on race and just how the left seems to be trying to roll us backwards and you and Michelle are trying to like, no, let's let's push forward. America's narrative on race had been going a very positive direction, and the left seems determined to roll all of that back. She talked about her kids uh, in the school system, being you know where color is being focused on, and kids are being divided up uh, based on their racial groups. You've got five kids. I'm sure all this stuff resonates with you as well. Could you talk about how you and Michelle kind of align along racial lines? Well, you know, it's interesting. We didn't even coordinate the whole racial you know, lines and how people being treated. This is just core natural to our gut and to our core and our values. In fact, it used to be the way all Americans used to be. You know, Jason, I, what I tell people, and it shocks people because we, we hear the opposite so much, is that this is the least racist period in our country's history. My parents and grandparents would have loved to have grown up in the America that I grew up in. We rarely talk about that issue. And I tell people the biggest issue that we have, the disparities we have, are less to do with racial and more to do that nearly 80% of our children are growing up in fatherless homes. I'm, I'm not talking about divorces. I'm talking about never had a father in the home. And, and we have to look at the magnitude. I call it a cultural genocide. When I, was, when I was five years old, Martin Luther King was assassinated. At that time, nearly 80% of children born in the black community were born to two-parent families. Today, it's nearly 80% fatherless homes. That's a cultural Without one attempt to do a national initiative to reverse the trend, and what I've learned, because I've been, I went to Harlem to live, visit my mother every summer coming out of the school from Oklahoma and the trailer park to visit my mom in Harlem, everything got worse. Everything got worse. And the politician, Charlie Rangel, that's, that's there for 47 years, they got wealthier and the community got poorer. And perpetual poverty is not what this, is, what this American dream and this American experiment is about. Uh, Kendall, you have, particularly for a black politician, you're pretty, seem pretty outspoken. You call out Elon e Omar, Keith Ellison, uh, the current governor, and, and for their, I, I think you're arguing they mishandled their reaction to the George Floyd tragedy. And I, I, I think we, I certainly believe what, what happened to George Floyd was wrong, but the reaction to what happened to George Floyd, wrong as well. And I think politicians look to exploit it and seize power rather than try to bring communities together. Well, Jason, I couldn't agree more, but just, just one correction. I'm not a politician. I'm someone that's stepping outside the political mainstream. I'm a leader who says enough is enough. We need to get adults involved, uh, patriots, people that love the country involved uh, to help turn our country around. We had two events that, that, that happened in Minneapolis. The one horrific event that you mentioned that happened to George Floyd. That was one, one incident of, of a crisis of humanity, if you will. The second incident happened was a totally, totally political incident. You know, we were an epicenter for a political movement where defund the police, BLM, uh, the rioting and the looting, all was the epicenter here, and it's cascaded all across the country. What we're going to do in Minnesota is say that, guess what? You know, there's no better person to be an ambassador for that idea that the American dream still works than Kendall Qualls as our next governor. Not because of the color of my skin. It's because where I started my life, the storyboard of my life, the faith that I have in God, and that the system works. It works. And I want to give our people a sense of hope that they can achieve their dreams. It takes work and effort, but it can happen in this country like no other country. 
it, it it's certainly you know my story as well and and you know Michelle talked about this like yesterday I think in her interview with Tucker Carlson is like why aren't we talking about the progress we made and how to build on it rather than everybody hop in their rearview mirror and talk about what happened 100 years ago, 60 years ago, 80 years ago. Why, why is the conversation so And I don't, well, I just used the word now, I'm not gonna apologize for you, but why is it so backwards rather than looking forward? So Jason, here's what I've learned, and I don't know if you come to this point as well, this is not a disagreement on the issues of what happened and the history to where we are now. This is an issue around political power, the lust for power. Because if they can keep us divided, keep us ignorant, they can, they can remain in control. This is really not different from human history. If you study world history and human history, 13th century Europe and Asia, you have the very, very small elite at the top at the expense of everyone else. If you go to our inner cities, that's exactly what you have. Maxine Waters lives in a six, $6 million mansion outside of her community. It's just like that in every major city in, in this country. And you know what? I, I escaped that. And I'm, I'm here to help people get out of it and, and just and warn everyone else. That's what they want to do is divide and fear so they can remain in control. Well, Kendall, we wish you luck. Appreciate you taking the time. You got an awesome uh, chairwoman, co-chairwoman uh, running your campaign. Uh, we'd love to have you back as, as the campaign matures and develops, uh, and we'll be rooting for you here in Nashville. Jason, love your show, love the work you're doing. God bless you, and uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you. All right. Wanted to squeeze in Kendall Qualls and get a first-person account. I have reached out to uh, Michelle Tofoya, and hopefully before too long we'll get her on the show as, as well. But uh, I think I hear tomorrow playing, and that means we'll see you tomorrow. Never been I just want, I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be.